Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. September 2021, 20 years after the catastrophe of 9-11-2001, was marked with remembrances of many sorts, from personal to national, and with all sorts of comparisons between then and now. One of those comparisons was summarized in a headline from Wired magazine, quote, 20 years after 9-11, surveillance has become a way of life. Constant tracking has compromised Americans' sense of themselves. But we may be able to regain our freedom, end quote. That subtitle refers to a sense of hope in that somehow we may be able to find our way individually and as a nation in today's world of digital surveillance to protect our personal and our social freedoms. It's a hope that, to date, does not seem borne out by the personal experiences of many folks. Another headline from this 20th anniversary month is from the Associated Press. Quote, Americans less positive about civil liberties, AP Nork poll says. End quote. Other headlines from this same month might suggest some of the reasons for that AP headline. Though these are new headlines, they all refer to topics that have been discussed previously on the Electronic Cottage. So, taking another look to see what changes, if any, have occurred recently might be worthwhile. Here are some recent headlines. This one from the Wall Street Journal, quote, Law enforcement's use of commercial phone data stirs surveillance fight. Agencies' growing use of purchase data without warrants raises new legal questions. End quote. And from Colorado Politics, a web and print news source in that state, Colorado Springs police violated constitutional protections against warrantless searches by using a pole-mounted camera to monitor a suspected drug dealer's home continuously for three months, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled on Monday. And again from Wired magazine, quote, an explosion in geofence warrants threatens privacy across the U.S., New figures from Google show a tenfold increase in the requests from law enforcement, which target anyone who happened to be in a given location at a specific time. And one more from Ars Technica. Quote, L.A. police ask people they stop for their Facebook and Twitter account info. Data is fed into Palantir and helps enable large-scale monitoring. End quote. The Associated Press poll mentioned above from September 21, the 20th anniversary of 9-11, asks the same questions that were asked in a poll taken in 2011 on the 10th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks about how well government is doing in protecting American rights. For a short context reminder, 2011 was after the passage of the USA Patriot Act, which was passed in lightning speed by Congress in October of 2001, which increased many types of government surveillance, most especially digital and electronic surveillance, including a good bit that affected Americans. 2011, however, was several years before the revelations of Edward Snowden about just how much surveillance of Americans was underway by the National Security Agency, throughout both Republican and Democratic administrations. 
A fair amount of that surveillance was based on quite tortured interpretations of what was allowed under American law. And of course, it was before the current political upheaval of recent years and even recent months. So, what were the differences from one survey to the other over the 2011 to 2021 decade? Here are a few. The percentage of respondents saying that a government is doing a good job of protecting the right to vote dropped from 84% in 2011 to 43% in 2021, a 41% drop. Protecting freedom of religion dropped from 79% to 51%, minus 21 points. Freedom of speech down 26 points from 71% to 45%. Protecting freedom from unreasonable searches, that one started low back in 2011 at only 45%. 10 years later, it fell another 14 points, just to 31%. Equal protection under the law, another low starter at 48% that fell another 21 points to 27%. Even the respondents' perception of the government doing a good job of protecting the right to bear arms was down 22 points, from 57% to 35%. Although only one of these questions appeared to directly address surveillance issues, freedom from unreasonable searches, all of them have been affected in one way or another by the growth in our use of digital tools over the last 10 years, ranging from social media to smartphones to GPS in our cars, and the concomitant growth of government's ability to track what we do with those digital tools. Consider, for example, free speech and free assembly and the effect of geofencing warrants on the exercise of both. First, a quick reminder of what a geofencing warrant is. Typically, under the Fourth Amendment to our Constitution, a search can only be conducted if authorities show probable cause and enumerate the, quote, place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized, end quote. A geofencing warrant turns the Fourth Amendment on its head. Instead of a particularized warrant based on probable cause, a geofencing warrant goes to a cell phone provider or some other company that has access to where people are, say Google, for example, and tells that company, identify every phone that was in a particular distance, say a thousand yards, of a particular place within a particular period of time. This type of geofencing warrant has been used in several recent Black Lives Matter demonstrations, for example. While the authorities take additional steps in whatever investigation they're conducting before they identify particular people they might be trying to find, say people who broke windows at a demonstration, authorities are casting a very wide net and all sorts of people who were perfectly legally practicing, in this particular case, their First Amendment rights, get scooped up into that net as well. Kind of puts a new meaning on the term chill. As Google reports, the request for this type of large-scale fishing expedition warrant grew tenfold across the U.S. from 2018 to 2020. And those warrants now represent 25% 
of the warrants that Google gets from law enforcement nationally. While there may be pros and cons of this type of warrant from a legal perspective, there's been no definitive ruling from a higher court about whether these geofencing warrants may violate the Fourth Amendment. But there is little doubt that this type of digitally-based surveillance capability, which didn't exist 20 years ago and hardly even 10 years ago, is having an impact on how Americans view their freedoms and the government's role in protecting those freedoms. And we'll do our best to uncover and to discuss the type of headlines we mentioned at the beginning of the program today, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. 